Have you ever felt like children are a burden? Maybe you don't feel that way or think that way, but you've certainly felt that from others. Maybe they're too loud at a restaurant and people are giving you the look. Or you bring them to a family gathering and there are so many breakables and you feel like you got to walk on eggshells. Whatever it may be, we are talking to someone today who has heard it all on social media. She has seven kids expecting her eighth, and she's going to help us tear down the lie that children are a burden and treat it for the truth that children are indeed a blessing. Let's do this. Here's the deal. On any given day, we think 50,000 to 80,000 thoughts. But get this. Of those, let's say 50,000, 98% of them are the same ones from yesterday, which means we just keep thinking the same stuff over and over and over again, which is great if it's all true, all encouraging, lovely, praiseworthy. But with the father of the lies on the loose, out to steal your hope, kill your peace, and destroy your faith, my guess is they're not. I know you because I know me. Hi, I'm Heidi Lee Anderson, Christian author, cancer survivor, and social media content creator. And in every episode of the Trade a Lie for a Truth podcast, we're camping out on one thought and picking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to follow the voice of truth above all else. His name is Jesus. Because in his words, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You ready? Let's seize the free abundant life in Christ one thought at a time starting with this episode. To kick off every episode and trade a lie for a truth, let's play two truths and a lie just as a fun way to get to know you. And I'm going to see if I can, if I can guess the lie. Okay. I have moved 19 times. I graduated with my master's degree and started working as a college professor at 24. Okay. Wow. I danced for 15 years. Okay, this is so hard because I know you've moved quite a bit. And I also know I've seen all the clips of you dancing. And by the way, it's like so grace filled. I'm like, how did your body do that? Well, sometimes I don't know. Okay, I'm going to guess one. Was it really 19 times? Is that the lie? It was 19 times. That's the truth. That was a lot of times. Yes, that is like homes and cities that's not just states sure a little less but we moved no, to it still counts okay was it mainly all childhood or was it like spread throughout your life i guess i think it's 13 times in childhood and it was like six okay. since we were married and we've been married for almost 16 years not quite as bad is it three it is not three I'm, i might have gotten a little too detailed because it's i graduated <laughs> with my master's degree that was at 22. And then I started working as a college professor at 23. Well, still, that's the lie. Okay, what did you teach? I taught counseling, Christian counseling. Wow, that's amazing as a 23-year-old. What a dream job. I felt like a baby. I felt like I was lowering my voice constantly. I worked for nine years for the same university, so. Well, that is quite the career-high accomplishment in your 20s. That is Mm -hmm. pretty incredible. Okay, so with this episode today, you and me, we are going to tackle the lie that children are a burden. But let's set the stage first. Would you mind sharing just a little bit about your family life and maybe when you first started to hear this lie? Absolutely. Um, So I grew up as the oldest of four. My husband, Michael, was oldest of five. 
in my mind, when we got married, we were going to have four or five kids. That was like normal to me. To me, four was like an average size family. Five was like, whoa, you're a big family. And I almost think that almost is like what you grew up with, like add a little and then you're like, okay, that's bigger. So we got married. There's a little bit of story to that. I can share that later too, but like fertility issues and trying for babies and everything. And all of those things changed my perspective. I became more open to the blessings of children rather than this set like, I'm going to have four to five kids every couple years and this yeah. is how I want it. I would say personally, I started hearing the negative comments about children when I was pregnant with my fourth. Okay. I didn't see it as rampant until I was yeah. made my social media public, which okay. would have been about five years ago. So that was when I had, I had just had my fifth. And that's when I okay. saw it a lot more because it's like, you're reaching a worldwide group of people rather than just yeah. me going to the grocery store or going to Costco or going out. Yeah. I would say I started seeing it from other people when I'm just pregnant with my first, you know, that just okay. you wait till or yeah. my kids are monsters or I can't believe their yeah. horrible behavior. And I mean, yeah. I saw it from moms a lot. And that was a, that was hard for me because I, I felt like I couldn't speak to it. You know, I had one kid, yeah. but I would see it and see the negative comments from parents, yeah. Yeah. which doesn't help with the rest of culture. And you know, like when you hear it intrinsically, you're like, that rubs me the wrong way, right? Yes. For those that aren't familiar with your story, which is, it's like hard to miss because you have millions of followers. So it's, I'm sure it's a small percentage, but will you just like introduce your family now to this day? Like how many kids you have and PS she's expecting, which is so fun. Okay. So I currently have seven and yeah. I am expecting our eighth. If you had told me that five years ago, eight kids, like you're crazy. And my oldest is 12 and he'll still be 12 when this eighth is born. He'll be a few months shy of 13. And it's been awesome. And I've learned and have grown. Things have changed and people say, how do you handle it? I can't handle two. And I'm like, well, when I was yeah. having my second and my third, it felt impossible. And you just like grow with your family and your kids yeah. grow up and they're they're more like what you expect of them. And you just slowly get there. They can do more things. And things just change from when you have tiny little ones. I was just saying that to my sister, where now that I have four, it was like the first two, back to back, two under two, that was probably the hardest season of my life. And now seeing like Oscar and Mabel wanting to help with Dottie, it's like, well, that's fun. Like you actually think it's fun to change a baby's diaper? Go for it, right? Let's, let's do it. I gave myself grace when I had yeah. our fourth. Yeah. I don't know why. The first three, I just feel like I had to push, 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 and prove myself. Yeah. And then fourth, I'm like, okay, I can give myself some grace. It's amazing what how that's actually a game changer, right? Instead of having this <laughs> perfection status, I need to do this. Some things it's okay to let go of, right? Yep. Okay, so like you said, you started posting it on social media about your family and your children and actually viewing them as a blessing. And we see comments blow up, right? And it's from people that maybe follow us, but also those that don't, that are just, just hitting their feed so they don't know who you are. They don't know your background. And sometimes they just, they love to be keyboard ninjas type things like, are these all yours? Or like, were they all planned? And the most awkward of all, right, is you know what causes that, right? <laughs> and let's talk about that some more because no matter what we're believing and struggling against, I mean, it could be about children. It could just be about like your body image or anything with your, your faith life. I mean, we will always hear the opposite champion by culture, right? But how can we know whether something is actually true? What they're saying is actually true or not 
or how did you know this was a lie to pick up on? Yeah. So obviously these comments are rampant and some of them will shock you. I'm like, oh, I can't believe I saw that. I feel wrong. It's just crazy. But I mean, they're just, they're rampant. They're everywhere, um, especially with the big overpopulation thing. So obviously you're always going to go back to the source of what we know to be true. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, I go to the Bible, I go to prayer, but I also go to people in my life who are like accountability partners, mentors, because sometimes it'll like rattle you so much. You're yeah. like, wait, uh, is this true about me? That's the thing that gets me. Like, you're going to talk about my kids and I'm going to, I know you're wrong and I'm going to defend them all day long. Start like talking about me as a person, yeah. as my personality, yeah. who I identify as, then, then it's hard. And that's when yeah. you talk about self-esteem, talk mm -hmm. about body image issues. When you talk about anything in life, you put yourself yeah. out there. You always have to go back to the source and I have to fill myself with the yeah. truth. And the yeah. truth is what the Bible says about who we are and how God values us. Therefore, like he obviously values my children. Sometimes that's the thing I'm like, did I say the right thing? Or did I do the yeah. right thing? Or why are people saying this? And so I have to go back to who I know I am in Christ, obviously reading the Bible and prayer. And like yeah. I said, talking to people who speak yeah. truth into my life. It's funny that you say that because the other day I was really nervous about something. And Tyler's like, you tell people all the time to trust in God with this, like choose yeah. faith over your fear. And it's like, well, I can help other people champion that all day long. But then when it comes to me, right? Like, why isn't sometimes the hardest to believe the truth for ourselves, right? We can project the truth for others and onto our kids. But sometimes, I mean, the bad is with us and our minds and what are we believing about ourselves, right? And like you said, I mean, in our culture, children are often viewed as like a hassle, right? And we see that on social media, even moms talking about their kids in general, maybe they think of them as like a nuisance or even too expensive or too much work, maybe even an obstacle to like personal or professional goals. Ultimately, like what it all comes down to is we're categorizing these kids as, as burdens instead of a blessing. But like you said, the Bible specifically talks about it being the opposite, like Psalm 127. Let's just read that for everyone quick, verses three to five. It says, children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. Okay, so like it talks about children as three different things. And I want to talk about all of them. But the first one, let's camp out on that a little bit, like a heritage. What, what does that actually mean? And how does that maybe affect your perspective? Yes, this is a verse I obviously constantly have to go back to when I'm reminding myself. I would say for me, the heritage is building a family that is focused on something bigger. It's focused on God. And when you do, when you build that into your children and into your family, you're going to see far greater results impacting the world than the best yeah. business, the perfect mm -hmm. household. It's like, oh, they're, they're taking away this. They're taking away my appearance. They're taking away yeah. all this. We can do far more and reach far more with our families than we ever could ourselves. And the other thing about building a heritage with our kids in mind is that they are going to learn far more by doing with yeah. us than hmm. just us teaching or talking. Like they're going to learn by doing it alongside us and they're going to catch it. And they're going to catch the fact that they are a heritage and they're a blessing more by being yeah. a part of what we're doing rather than just hmm. us saying like, You're, we love you. God loves you. The best way that we can teach them is by letting them do alongside us. 
that's the way they're going to reach out into a world far beyond us and the years that we have with them. Love that perspective. When I was reading this verse and studying, I had, I had read too, the word for heritage can also mean like inheritance. And what's an inheritance? I mean, it's something that someone gives as a gift to someone else, right? It's like a yeah. gift of great value that is normally dearly treasured by the giver. And when I read that, I'm like, that is so what our kids are, right? Is they're yeah. gifts that actually the giver, God gave of great value. That kind of goes into the second thing. I mean, and like it said in that Psalm that kids are a reward. And I feel like on the opposite end of the spectrum, this can stir up like a lot of pain and a lot of heartache for those who yeah. want to have children, but haven't been able to. And both you and me, I know have gone through losses and even a doctor told me I may not be able to have kids. And that, that brought a lot of pain and projected a lot of fear into the future. And I, what would you say to encourage women that are maybe in this spot right now, desperately wanting kids, seeing them as a reward, but maybe not having that yet? Absolutely. First of all, I guess my story is that yeah. when we were starting to have kids, I miscarried our first. I found out that I had a septum that covered 90% of my uterus. It oh. gave me a 90% chance to miscarry every time. So it was like a 10% okay. chance that I could get pregnant. So there was no solution immediately. It was very like, we don't know what we're going to do with this. The OBs like really just were confused about it. I went through lots of testing, started looking at adoption. And then I found an endocrinologist who um, had been a part of the team that had really invented this surgery. It had only been about five years prior. It was a lot simpler than it seemed over all those months and they could remove it. And then I just waited a little bit and then could have kids. Um, there's always a chance that it can grow back. But like in that season of waiting and that feeling of hopelessness and that yeah. feeling of brokenness and seeing everybody around me, like getting pregnant and having babies and baby showers and dedications and all of that. I had to seek out again, what God tells me about yeah. me. And in this season of waiting, if that is where you are, Obviously, it is going to be hard and there's going to be pain, but find people that you can surround yourself with that will continue encouraging you forward in your relationship with Christ. And then as you are willing to obey him and follow every step, keep asking him, have your loved ones around you ask what he would have you do in that season. There are so many beautiful stories of the way that people became parents and the way that people had children in their lives that they loved. And maybe that's your story. Maybe it's just a season of waiting, but in this time, just keep seeking his face and seeking him and what he would have you do. And each step, take each step through each door and just, just watch him move and watch him grow you in that area. I, it's, you know, easier said when you're out of that painful moment and I get it, but mm -hmm. that's what I had to do. I had to surround myself with people around me that just spoke truth mm -hmm. and just seek what God would have me do next. We were open to adopting. There's also, there's foster care. There's bringing children into your home that need it temporarily. And I know that desire might always be there for you to have children that you can birth. But in this season of waiting, just keep seeking him with that. I will always remember the day that I heard my oncologist say, you probably won't be able to have kids. I locked myself in my closet and I was just bawling and I was crying over these kids that I desperately wanted, that I thought that 
for sure was going to come. And here I was just crying and weeping and grieving over that. And then someone had said, I forget who it was, but they had said, why are you grieving something you don't even know what's going to happen? And now having four kids, it's like you look back sometimes in life and think, why did I jump to that conclusion? You know, I always think of in the Psalm, I think it's 71 where he says, as for me, I will always have hope and not necessarily hope in what we want, but hoping in God will never disappoint us. And so with that being said, we don't know what he's going to do in the future, but we can put our hope in him and his good plans for us. And then we don't have to grieve something. We don't even know that it, we'll have to grieve over, right? Sometimes we jump to the future, like we know it's going to happen, but God is beyond statistics. He's beyond anything that anyone says or projects over our life. So like Ariel said, when we look to God and seek him over our future, I mean, that, that relieves a lot of burden when really we're just given the gift of today. So let's rejoice in this day mm -hmm. and just wait to see what God has for us in the future. Yes, absolutely. Okay, lastly, like it said in that song, the children are an arrow. And you talk about this. I've heard it on social media, but also in your book, Chase the Roar. And could you maybe break that down a little bit for us? The focus, the goal for our children is to raise them up to go out. It's not to keep them in a bubble, to keep them <laughs> contained, to keep them perfect in our home. It's to raise them up to go out and to reach a world, to be world changers. I had an older mom tell me one time that she was not raising kids. She was raising future men and women. And what a perspective shift for me, because you feel yeah. like you get stuck in this, these are the little years, and then I'm dealing with this preteen drama, and I'm yeah. dealing with this teenage stuff. But instead of focusing on like, these are the frustrations I'm dealing with as I'm raising kids, you think yeah. about the future men and women that you're raising. Three things I actually do talk about in my book that is on our ultimate goals for that, and that is serving. We teach our kids serving in our local church, in our local community from a young age. Three goals that we have is ministry over laziness. So okay. make sure that their focus is always on making a difference in other people's lives rather than just focusing on themselves or being lazy and following God's call over allowing extravagance. So often kids can get so tied up into what everybody else has in this yeah. extravagant life their friends and the people around them. So we're, we always focus on, well, first we're going to follow God's call and whatever comes out of that is a beautiful, amazing blessing in your life, but we're mm -hmm. not going to focus on all the extravagance. And then thirdly, similar to the other ones is putting others over self. I mean, this mm -hmm. is just our big thing because we talk about hard work ethic with our kids and we talk about simple faith. And these are just really important character qualities in order for them to be arrows. People ask me all the time, well, how can you have kids in this world? It's yeah. dying and it's so much hatred and so much horrible things. There's, there's always been that. There always yeah. will be. So yeah. why not raise up kids that are going to impact the world, are going to be a light in the darkness, are going to shine for other people? So yeah. that's our ultimate goal is like, when we're doing things ourselves, let's take them along with us. The only way that we can raise up these arrows is obviously by first doing these things ourselves and being world changers by focusing on our relationship with Christ and then how we're serving yeah. other people and then they'll follow 
in line with that. I love that. You and Michael do such a great job of that. What you said, sending them into the world. I mean, Jesus is the light of the world. And that is one of the only titles that he has also then given to us because we reflect him, right? And I love that you said that when we're sending these arrows into the world to be lights. I mean, that's that's really what it is at the end of the day. We are all sons and daughters of, of God. And so what a perspective shift. I love that to see them as men and women, raising men and women of God and not just raising kids. Okay, let's fast forward to the New Testament a little bit. And let's look at how Jesus talked about children. And while the disciples were hindering them from coming to Jesus, you know, maybe he had some more important things to do with other adults, who knows, but he said, no, let the little children come to me that the kingdom of God actually belongs to those who are like these children. And it was like a shock to everyone overhearing. And I'd love to hear from you, like when you read this passage, or you hear Jesus's heart for kids, like, what stands out to you the most? So I love this picture that um, is actually shown in the Chosen show too. When oh. they, yes. Yeah, so when we were watching the Chosen, I mean, I was bawling. The Bible yeah. story of this come to real life. See it as in our real wor- world today. Um, yeah. The biggest thing I think that stands out is that thousands of years people have valued children the same way. Hmm. Children were not valued back then. The disciples are like, hey, keep them away. Like we're doing some real learning here, doing some real teaching, right? Keep children out of the way. And our culture is is similar now. Like, hey, why did you bring these children into the store? Why did you bring them on this plane? Can you keep them away? And I think that's the big thing is we can learn from the Bible because guess what? It's relevant today. They were dealing with the same kind of things back then. There is always, will always be war on Christianity and on families raising children (laughs) to be believers. There's always going to be war there. And so we have to build our families up in what we know that God says is true to send them out. That's what I think is awesome is that what a shift. Jesus did this all the time in the Bible. He did it with children. He did it with women. He did it with the poor, you know, he did it with the cripples. He showed these people that were invaluable to society and said, Hey, guess what? I am recognizing you as a person that is valuable to me. So therefore we should be the same. And as a mom, I think it's a good reminder too, because sometimes it can be frustrating. Like just yesterday, I'm like, seriously, I told you three times to clean your room. Yes. Get it together. And then I'm like, God's like, "Uh, how many times did I tell you to do the same thing? Yes, no kidding. That is such a good point because sometimes even like when I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, this is my time with God, right? Sometimes my kids will wake up far too early, right? Or they're just running around playing, mom, can I have a snack? And instead of viewing that as an interruption, right? Because it's like, I'm having this moment. I just want to focus for like two minutes. What if like Jesus, because I'm sure he was in the middle of teaching. He was in a crowd with hundreds. No, he said, let the children come to me. And maybe I need to lay down my plan, my goals, my perspective really, and, and follow Jesus, right? And saying, no, 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 let the children come to me. Let's not hinder them because they are a blessing and they are watching us. And maybe we can shift that as like, okay, this is maybe our time to disciple. Like I'm going to pause what I'm reading and be like, oh wait, yeah, I'll get you that snack. But you know what I just read? Like Jesus walked on water. Isn't that amazing? You know, and a way to turn that around instead of being like, this is an interruption to what I'm doing. We can be like, this is a moment I can disciple and raise up these arrows. So I love that. I love that you pointed that out. Okay. And then also to kind of wrap up our time, I mean, I think it's interesting 
interesting to note too that we are called children of God, right? In, in the Bible, even as adults. And like, ultimately, if we realize, yeah, God sent his son, not to be a burden, obviously, to this world, but to carry our burdens, to carry our burden of sin and guilt to the cross and receive the consequences so that we don't have to, so that we can become sons and daughters of God. I mean, that is an amazing truth. But if we buy into the lie that, well, children are just a burden, then I don't know, we might get the wrong impression that we are a burden to our mm -hmm. heavenly father, right? When we come to him, when we are praying for something, when we're pleading, when something is grieving us, I mean, we can maybe have that wrong perspective, but we see from scripture, I mean, that is far from our actual reality. So I'd love to hear from you, like how has seeing God as like our ultimate parent maybe challenged or led you in your own motherhood journey? Yeah, I spent years just feeling like I had to live up to this standard because God was this perfect <laughs> father and I had to like be this perfect child, right? Yeah. And I spent, spent years and then as I would do that, it's like God would further affirm the yeah. knowledge that of course he's a perfect parent. I feel like motherhood has changed my perspective because I know how much I love my kids despite yeah. what they do. Yeah. But how much more if, if God's the perfect parent, hmm. he's the perfect father, how much more does he love me in my yeah. crap? And yes, if I love my kids and I am like nowhere even close to perfect. Hmm. And so I, I just, I think that's a huge shift in my life is to know that he loves them so much greater than I could ever. And so when I fail as, yeah. as a parent, which we obviously do all the time, I know, right. well, if I'm doing the best that I can do with the love of the father, I know that they have a perfect parent actually there hmm. in him yeah. that can fill in the gaps of where I'm missing. And yeah. so I think that has changed my perspective as a parent is just knowing like how much love I have for them, how much greater love he has for me and for them. And I don't have to live up to that. And I don't know, it's, it is a hard thing to wrestle with. And I know even with my kids sometimes they're like, well, will God be mad if I don't do this? No, he won't yeah. because he yeah. just wants that relationship with you. And he wants to love you more than I ever can or could. And I think that's such a good reminder when we are nervous about our kids and their future, when we're concerned about their lives, when we want them to be making wise choices, when we're wishing they'd hang out with certain friends instead of others. I mean, I always have to remind myself of exactly what you said, man, if I, as an imperfect parent, want the best for my kids, then how much more does God Almighty want for my kids? You know, he wants the best for them too. And so when I'm praying to God about my kids and their future, I mean, we can have that rest and reassurance that God loves them more than we do. And that's hard to imagine because we love them to the maximum, but he really does, right? Yes, he does. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Ariel. To wrap up every podcast episode, I do a round of lightning questions. Five quick questions that you just share your knee-jerk reaction, no wrong answers, all for fun. Ty came up with them all, so if they're weird, it's on him. <laughs> so the first question is, what percent should hymns account for your worship set at church? If you were in charge of the Sunday morning worship list, what percentage should hymns account for? No, I mean, 10% is dead. Totally. The things that are like redone, yes. but they're with, you know, some guitar and piano. So I get it. I am there with you. Okay. Number two, who is your favorite minor prophet? Do you have one? When Ty asked me this question, I'm like, 
I don't think I I can't pick one. I'm so sorry. I mean, I don't think you need to choose one in the Bible because it's all the Bible. It's all God's word. Okay, I'll give you the pass for that. Third, is tithing with stocks okay? Tithing with stocks? Like with what you make from stocks? Is that what you mean? I don't know. I don't know. Ty just said he heard of a friend that tithed with stocks. Never heard of that. I mean, I'm guessing like what he made off of stocks, he tithed. I don't know. We we tithe 10% of our income. We give beyond that. But if I'm going to make money off of stocks, I'll tithe. Okay, there we go. Okay, four. What percent of Sundays are you on time for church? I would say about 90%. That is good. I know. And I was just telling my mother-in-law, I hate, like, if I am getting there at the time yeah. it starts, I'm late. And okay. so that feeling and that panic, but we live 25 minutes from church. Wow. So, so that is also more impressive because that, that involves planning. Like you can't uh, just buzz down the road. Yeah. But I think I'm better because I have okay. that time. I have to get there. Like if it's right around the corner, I'm like, cool. Like if I leave a few minutes, yeah. I'll be fine. But I would say about that much because I just really, as a pastor's wife, like yeah. I am totally. even more so not, do not want to be late. But Okay. Does Michael get there early? So you are talking on your own. You bring all kids. Yes. Usually. Yes. I just feel like round of applause for you right now. That is literally the most amazing thing I've ever heard. As someone who is like 90% late, like this, I'm the opposite. So you are amazing. Yeah, so I do not like being late, but like right after babies, I am not yeah. great at it. But he's been taking recently the older two to youth group oh, and says like nine and then our church starts at 10. Sometimes I have to be there at 915 or 930 if I'm doing kids. Okay. You know how kids yeah, gotta be there. Sure. But so sometimes we just all go together, but sometimes they go. So then I don't even have my helpers, like the ones like wow. get in the car, guys. For sure. Wow. Well, I think we can give you a pass when you have a new baby. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Last question. Would you rather a worship leader with a great voice or a worship leader with excellent song choices? Cannot be both. I think excellent song choices. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you there. It's like, I can't even tell if they're off key. It's like, as long as the song is good, I'm belted and I'll probably off key myself. So I'm in. So I agree with you. Wow. Well, thank you so much for trading a lie for a truth with me. And hopefully by the end of this episode, we can trade the lie that children are a burden and we can see them for the blessing that they are. And in turn, see us as being a blessing because we are made in the image of God. We are made in his image to reflect him on this earth. So I love you so much, Ariel. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to find out if this babe is a boy or girl. Wait, or when are you due exactly? February. Okay. It also feels like it's not. No, I know. I know. It's always like, I, I don't know if this baby's ever going to come out. Like, well, eventually they have to. Well, okay. We'd love to hear, like, where can we find you? For those that aren't connected with you yet, trust me when I say, if you are not following Ariel and her family, you will be continually encouraged by them on their social media space. So please tell us like all the things, where can we connect with you more? So on Instagram, I am at Ariel C. Tyson. And then Michael actually has an Instagram as well. He's not super active like I am. Sure. We'll get there. But it's Michael E. Tyson IV because he's the fourth. On TikTok, we're together, but it's just Ariel C. Tyson, the same as Instagram. And then on YouTube, we're at the Tysons on there. So that's our main places where we share. I love it. 